Today on Lighting Money on Fire NFL Edition, we talk about who is the damn best team in the NFL anyway after the Saints just roll the Rams. There's a lot of questions about that. Also, who do we got at MVP so far in the NFL? Also, our biggest surprises, some fantasy check-in, and of course, our best bets and survivor pool help. We're doing it all right now on Lighting Money on Fire with Grant and Jonathan. I keep expecting you to say the breakdown because I'm so used to that, but this is Lighting Money on Fire. Yes, it is. Which is a, a different podcast. The way to know what, what we're doing is whatever we prepped for just beforehand. If you were studying a poker hand or thinking about a poker hand, yeah. we're probably doing the poker podcast. Oh. If you're studying sports in any way, we're probably doing the sports I podcast. I thought we were going to talk about Mahomes check-raising Brady, but I guess not. No, no. They, As far as I know, they haven't played a poker match. But you know Mahomes is pretty check crazy if he plays. I mean, for sure. And you know, Tom Terrific is going to like own the hell out of him. Oh, he's going to just call it pot control. Yeah, exactly. He's going to like, <laughs> he's going to like some crazy hero call on the river. Mom's like, I'm all in and just stare at Brady. And Brady's like, would he really be staring at me if he was this like, strong? I don't think he did it this time, kid. I got King high and I think it's good. <laughs> anyway. So if any of you, for some reason, didn't come from our poker podcast, <laughs> sorry about that just now. Yeah. That just happened. Um, let's talk about sports, though. Yeah, let's do it. We made two bets in the NFL last week. Yep. We were one and one, unfortunately, not not two and oh. My bet of the under on the Bears at Bills did not come in because the Bears torched the shit out of the Bills. I mean, an embarrassing fashion. It was kind of the way if the under was going to come in, it was one of the ways the under comes in a lot, which is the Bills get the Bills just don't score. The problem is the Bears just scored too much. The Bears yeah. just destroyed Their offense them. is as good as we thought, I guess. I mean, it was a lot of their defense, honestly. Oh, yeah, the defense scored 14 points. I mean, Mitch That's Trubisky true. was involved in one touchdown. Jordan Howard scored two, but that was it offensively. It was just... That said, they weren't really asked to do anything. It's possible yeah. they could have rolled them a little That's fair. harder, you know? That's so fair. that one did not come in because it was under 37 and a half, I think. 37. 37, and it was like 49 total points. I mean, it was not close. Yeah, we quickly. missed by a lot. But uh, we did hit the, the true bad belly bet. The, yes. Of the year, it feels like the I, most baddest of the belly bets. I did say, and it's the only time I've said it on the show up till now, last week I said, this is a guarantee. Yeah, you did. You were like, this is a lock. This is yeah. happening. Because Saints minus two just felt like, aren't the Rams just too good to How ever not be? be a favorite? That's the classic bad belly, and... This is, this is why our format actually doesn't work super well for at least bad belly stuff. Not that we have to only use that to bet. In fact, we shouldn't only use that to bet. But, um, like, there are, there's not always going to be a bad belly bet every week, you right. know? But, like, in the NFL. But there's going to be a few, and if you see them and they're clear, I feel like you can really make money on those. I feel like that's, that's a money-winning play. All right, for the sake of the listeners who aren't, you yeah. know, looking at a blank wall and completely paying attention to every word we say every time we do right. this show. Why don't you define a bad belly bet? Bad belly bet is when you see the line and it seems obvious. It seems like, what? That line is crazy. Of course you have to take X team. You have to take the, the favorite of them. You have to take the Rams. How could the Rams be? How, how can they be plus two? Dogs. They're yeah. eight. No, they look like they're clearly the best team in the league. They're two point dogs. I don't care if they're on the road. They're, they're the Rams. That means you go against them. Yeah. Because, because the book knows something you don't. Exactly. Like, they know what they're doing. They're not idiots, mostly. Do you think it has to do with home road splits for both teams? Like, the Saints are known as a historically... Like, the Saints and the Falcons are known as the teams that historically perform so much better at home than they do on the road. I think it's actually the Saints and the Seahawks. Well, the Seahawks perform better at home due to the crowd noise, I think, is part of the... 
I mean, that's the lore. The but lore. We don't actually know why they perform we don't, better that's at what home, people right? Think. The, yeah. the, the teams that actually have like the most statistical, um, at least as far as fantasy purposes are concerned, the statistical splits are the most different for the passing game in particular. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like over the past few years, it's been the okay. Saints, uh, the Falcons, and the Steelers. The Steelers, really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, I know that um, the Falcons makes a lot of sense because the Falcons play indoors. So anytime Matt Ryan goes out, yeah. outside, it messes them Same up. Same with the Saints and Bruce. Right. So I think that's a big part of it for those guys. I didn't know that about the Steelers, though. I do know that the, the Seahawks, and I don't know for the last five years, but I know previous to that, over like a 15-year span, they had, they had the most extreme home road uh, difference in the league in terms of how they played. Like it was like yeah. it showed up statistically and you could argue that that's just the outlier and that's possible. It's possible, um, but it seemed like that wasn't the case. Certainly it was factored into betting lines and things like I that. I mean, crowd noise does affect things in the NFL more than it does in some other sports due to false starts and things like that. I mean, just the tiniest bit though. Right. Yeah. I mean, if anything, that, that stuff is more likely to affect, uh, how the refs call the game, I think, much more so than like I know once in a while the the players can't hear or anything like that. But that is they're pretty good at that these days. They've mostly, I mean, it's, well, it's very have, rare. It's like, oh God, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick couldn't hear the thing, and so there's a fall. Oh, that almost never happens. Well, now that they all the players get the horn implants on their ears, so they have like the big horns coming out of their ears, so they can hear better. The horns, yeah, like you know, like a bugle type horn. That's what it looks like. Hmm. You haven't seen that? Nope. Just for I, just I for road games. I don't know what you're talking just, about. Just for road games. So you can, it, it enhances, like you, enhances the hearing. I feel like you just fixed the thing, even though I haven't given you anything to fix yet. I'm constantly fixing. That's the thing that you might not know about me. It's subtle, but constantly I'm fixing. Yeah, I definitely don't know that about you. Right. I, I have just, no sense of I that. just fixed that now. Now, <laughs> you, now you know that. Do you understand how this works? Wow. Wow, that's really good. That's that's. You didn't see that coming, did you? Know, you know, it's like... Uh, it was right in front of me the whole time, and I never saw it. The greatest trick the devil ever played was convincing the world he didn't exist. Yeah. I don't know how that's related, but... I think it's the greatest trick the devil ever devil ever pulled, not played, but still. I'm with you, dog. Whatever. Yeah. You fix that, too. You fix everything. I fixed it's that amazing. made it better by saying played. <laughs> <laughs> I can see how, how this could go a particular way, which is... Anyway, but let's not, let's not get into that. Let's get into who's the best team. That's a reference. That's a reference to a movie. And you don't know it. Um, I don't. Is it like any given Sunday or something? It is not. It does star Bruce Willis, though. Bruce Willis? Yeah. Not like any given Sunday, but still, it's Bruce not, Willis is in it. It's not Die Hard. It is not Die Hard. I don't even remember the name of this movie. It's so freaking obscure. It's where the woman is Jane Marsh. March? Jane March. She is beautiful in this movie, by the way. And he plays a like Pittsburgh water cop. No joke. Water? A water cop. Like, like he's a policeman, but he's got, he's got like a boat and he drives around on the water, you know, solving crimes. Oh, oh, I thought you meant he was like a police for matters involving water. Like there was 12 <laughs> tons of water stolen from the shipping depot. Ah, uh, no, some of that no, pure not like that. Bolivian water. Not like that, but... I mean, I guess they could be stealing the ocean or something or the river. I guess not the ocean, but the river. Oh, maybe that's the greatest trick the devil ever played. <laughs> Stealing the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anything's possible, man. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to find out the name of this movie at some point and uh, share it with if everyone. If you steal the ocean, this, you're very powerful. This is not a good movie, but there's a, there's a great point, a great part of the movie where um, the bad guy, the guy who ends up being the bad guy, they always, I guess this was a family of cops or something like that, and all the kids, and he's one of the kids, and one of the, they would always say, who's the best cop? But at the end, the bad guy's like, who's the best cop? You know, it's weird. So that's why I did that. Who's the best team? 
It makes sense if you th- really yeah, think totally. about it. No, if I'm you glad, let yourself really go there. I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't know about the water police <laughs> I mean, until the, now. Exactly. That's a real thing, probably. I mean, I mean, it could be a real boats. thing. Police have boats. I just didn't know that there were any particular police that are stationed exclusively on boats. So okay. I maybe they went between vehicles. I found the name of the movie. Sometimes they might ride a bicycle. Also starring Sarah Jessica Parker, by the way, and Dennis Farina. And Tom Sizemore. Oh, I just remember that Dennis Farina died. Oh, that's I weird, didn't know isn't that. It's weird. Is Jane March even in this movie? I wow. swear to God, she You're is. fool. Anyway, it's called Striking Distance. I have absolutely not heard of it. Yeah, maybe Jane March isn't. Maybe Jane March isn't another Bruce Willis movie, and that's what I'm thinking of. But this movie, he's the water cop in this movie for sure. And who's the best cop comes from this movie. And don't see it, people. It's not worth it. I swear it's not worth it. I got to see a... a I got to think of a different movie with a water cop in it. I don't know if there is one. I mean, there's got to be a lot of movies. I feel like there's probably a movie where Jean-Claude Van Damme is a water cop and he does like a bad American accent. There's probably a movie like that, right? I mean, for sure. Yeah. But I don't know if we've ever been able to see it, you know? Yeah. It might have only been released in Canada. Okay. I found the Jane March movie that Bruce Willis is in. Great. He's not a water cop in it. It's called Color of Night. A colorblind psychiatrist, Bill Kappa, is stalked by an unknown killer after taking over his murdered friend's therapy group. What? There's a lot going on here. Why is colorblind part of his <laughs> Wait, character? I'm not done. There's more. After taking over his murdered friend's therapy group, all of whom have a connection to a mysterious young woman that Kappa begins having an intense sexual encounter with. Are you kidding? That's like 12 movies. That's a miniseries. That's not a movie. That's The Lord of the Rings. That's amazing. All right. It's a terrible uh, movie. So this was all in reference to who are the best teams in the NFL, (laughs) Jay March is quite beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Who are are the best teams in the NFL? Okay. So there's, as we talked about this a little bit last week, but we're talking about it in reference to who the fifth best team in the NFL was. Well, we also talked about the top four. Yeah, of course. um, Interestingly enough, kind of going along with the bad belly bet that went on. I remember saying after you named the top four, I was saying, I think it's reasonable to put any of them but the Saints at, at number one. Mm. And now I have changed my mind on that, I think. Yeah, it's hard to say that the Saints can't be number one since yeah. they just beat down the Rams. Sort of. Well, they beat them. They were yeah. up by 18 and a half, right? They were up by 18 and a half, but then the Rams came back and tied it. But the Rams lost, right? They lost. I'm yeah. just checking. Just making sure they lost. But it seemed like the Rams <laughs> actually made some really good defensive adjustments at halftime because the Saints were scoring at will and then they didn't score at all in the third mm. quarter. And the Rams... Came back and tied it up. I was on a plane for a lot of it, so I didn't get Nobody to see it. Nobody gives a shit. I'm just saying. I'm, I wasn't able to watch it. So um, so there's there's four teams that are, are clear contenders for best team in the league, right? Yeah. They are, of course, the Rams and the Saints. Yes. The Chiefs, the Patriots. Those feel like the obvious four. Yeah, I don't you, think there's any others. I mean, you. we can start to talk about Carolina. Carolina just blew out somebody last week. Who was it? Who was it that they beat down know. super, super hard? I, didn't, I don't feel like it was Tampa? a good... Was it Tampa? They were up 35 to 7 oh, on Tampa, Oh, but then Tampa I think. came back a little bit. Tampa came back a little bit, but it was 35 to 7. I mean, yeah. and Tampa, Tampa never got, I, th- I think Tampa may have even got within a touchdown, and then Carolina scored again. They, like, put on their big boy shoes and scored again. Yeah, I mean, Carolina is definitely a candidate for fifth best team. Um, the Seahawks, who were one of my picks, did lose yep. to another one of the potential teams. Who did the Seahawks play again? Because they lost to a pretty good team, I feel. You feel? I feel you, in my body. You don't body. think they lost to the oh, Chargers? Oh, the Chargers, yeah. Who is another candidate? Chargers are now 7-2. and two. Chargers are a candidate. 6-2, and two, excuse me. 6-2. and two. Chargers are a candidate, but I don't take them seriously. Enough to, to be in the top four. I mean, I take them seriously in the top seven. Well, I'm saying they're a candidate for fifth. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they absolutely could be the fifth best team. The Steelers uh, continue to win. They're 5-2-1 now. They're a candidate for fifth as well. Houston's won six in a row, but let's not talk about that. Let's talk about who's the best team in the NFL. God, it's so hard to know. Right. 
let's do a little draft right now. Best team in the NFL, and we'll do um, rest of the season, and including playoffs. How about just who goes the furthest in the playoffs? Okay, great. We'll do a draft for that, and we'll make, a, we'll make it interesting. We'll put a little money on it. All right, so 20 bucks must win. Must win. Uh, no, just whoever goes further is okay. fine. Um, but the way we'll do it is one person gets the first and fourth pick. The other guy gets the second and third pick. Okay, and so you, can, you, you, can, you want the second and third pick, obviously. I haven't really thought about it, That's honestly. much better. I would, I would prefer it, but I'm open to it either way. Well, how are we going to decide who gets the second well, and third pick? I'll go first, and the next time we do this, I'll get you. I'll decide who goes. How about first. this? Yeah, we have a first, fourth, and fifth pick, and a second, third, and sixth pick. Okay, that makes it more fair. Sure, <clears throat> sounds great. Okay, okay, so do you want to go first or do you want to go second? I'll go second. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, who am I taking? I'm taking the damn Rams anyway. Rams. All right, Jonathan takes. We got to write this down. Yeah, we do. Um. I'm writing it down right now. You know why? Because even though the Rams lost, they almost came back and won. They were on the road. They're very good. I'm not worried about the damn Rams. Okay. Well, I'm going to take their opponent. Yeah. I'm going to take the Saints for the... I mean, and this is because we're talking about who's going further in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. The Saints now have the tiebreaker against the Rams. That's true. And home field clearly matters in that matchup. That's a great point. And they're both... uh, Well, the Rams have a half game lead on them. They're 8-1 and to the 7-1 of the saints, but that, that is a great point for sure. All right. And I get another one. You get another pick right now. I will take, Ooh, it's, this is actually a tough one. Good. I should have taken one and four. Damn it. Um, I'll yeah. take the Patriots. I'm not feeling great about this. Cause I'm actually really happy with either the Pats or the chiefs at four. Yeah, I'm, I'll take the Patriots. I was at first, I was going to take the chiefs. If I was going to like thinking like, Oh, I hope the chiefs follow me. And then I thought more about, it. I'm like, I think I want the Pats to follow me. I'm like, oh, this is great. So cool. I got the Rams and the Chiefs. That sounds pretty good. And I get the pick, the next pick. You do. Right. I'm picking between, this is tough, Pittsburgh. Houston's not in it for me. The Chargers. Uh, I guess I could pick some team from the NFC North if I wanted to, but I'm not going to. Um, Carolina. That's the only other team. It's Pittsburgh, the Chargers, or Carolina for me. Um, I'm not taking Carolina. Even though I do think they're good, I think it's just hard to get. It's hard for any of these teams to get out of uh you know what? I'm going to go with the... Uh, oh, this is tough. I'm going to go with the Chargers. Reasonable? I don't know, man. It's it, Maybe that's a mistake. Eh. Now, it's fine. My, I'll take the Chargers. I, my, all of my intellect, intellectual thoughts make me want to take the Panthers, but all of my gambling thoughts make me want to take a team that's not on the radar at all and yeah. actually might n- not make the playoffs. That's okay. I want to take the Atlanta Falcons. Wow. Four and four right now. Yeah. Um, let's take a look. They are not going to win their division. No, they are not. But you know what? Neither are the uh, neither are the Chargers. Right. Or, or the Chargers. In, well, I guess the Chargers are a game behind the Chiefs, but they're not going to win their division. Come on. No. Game and a half. So, okay. Cool. Atlanta Falcons for you. I think you. they're a really good 4-4 four four team. Okay. Well, Jonathan's about to sneeze. It's still coming. You can't get it. This is really hard for me right now. It didn't, it I'm didn't coughing. Happen. I'm sneezing. It didn't happen at all. No, I just, I just sucked it back in. So you got to do That's sometimes. That's the worst, though. No, no, no. That's the best. No, the release. It proves you have control over, over yourself. You have a lot if of... If you're going to sneeze and you can't hold it in, you, what can you do? I guess... What are you left with? You must have a really high thetan level to be able to hold that sneeze. My thetan level is off the damn charts, yeah. bro. Yeah, you break the device. The thetanometer is like freaking out every time I walk by it. Especially room. when you're holding in a sneeze. The thetanometer is like, damn, that guy's got so much control. Psychology is fake. Dude, what am I right now? What am I right now? I'm going to do an impression. Okay, what am I? <laughs> 
<laughs> That's this is not the impression. What <laughs> we haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> why? Why did you start laughing? I started. Thinking, I started thinking about the impression. <laughs> wow. Okay, there's something wrong with Jonathan today. I think maybe he took like six allergy pills or something. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you're ready. Um, I'm gonna review. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna review the teams that we've picked so far. Jonathan has the Rams, Chiefs, and Chargers. And I have the Saints, the Patriots, and stupidly, I picked the Atlanta Falcons. I want to thank you for picking the Atlanta Falcons, by the way. That was a real, yeah. that was a real gift. And like, wow. You're not going to be saying that one. Four and four Falcons? When they're lifting the trophy, you're not going to be saying that. <laughs> That's insane, but sure. I wanted to do a dumb pick. Yep, you and did it. Nice job. You nice. totally nailed that. It's weird that I didn't pick the Bears if I was going to do a dumb pick. But. Yeah, they're leading their division in everything, you know? Yeah. Oh, oh man. All right. So what, you're going to do some sort of performance? <laughs> no, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'm just going to just get really high. I'm going to go soprano laughter again because I can't, I can't keep it together, man. I'm, I'm literally have tears going down my eyes and my, my cheeks right now because that would just made me laugh so hard. So don't worry. It's coming. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be able to do it without laughing, though. Uh, that's good to know. How about we talk about MVP? That's a good idea, man. <laughs> Get your shit together, Levy. You're supposed to be a professional. Oh, this is part of being a professional, man. Really enjoying the moment, you know? It's part of it. Okay. Uh, MVP. <laughs> all right, all right. What am I? What am I? <laughs> what is wrong with you, dude? Beep. All right, I'm going to talk. Wait, no, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Beep. Are you what am I? EKG machine? No, I'm a thetonometer when I walk by the damn room, bro. Wow, that's what <laughs> sent you into a fucking yes, hysterical tizzy. Oh, you're welcome, America. Wow. <laughs> you're welcome. All right. Wow, that was uh <laughs> I I think the word for that is embarrassing. You have to enjoy the process. That's part of it with me, you know. It's yep. not always about the end result. Oh yeah, you did a real like Jimmy Fallon squared there. Oh, it's really God. quite impressive how Jimmy Fallon I you would went. really struggle to make be on Saturday Night Live because I would break all the time. Well, Jimmy Fallon really made a career out of breaking a lot. The I difference mean, difference is when all those guys break, they can at least they either can't talk or they like or they get it together. I go into this weird high pitched voice thing that really would not work for TV or you know no. podcasting, really. No, it doesn't really work for podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's hysterical, so it works for me, you know. Okay. Anyway. MVP. MVP, yeah, of course. Sure, sure. MVP. All right. So it's always a quarterback, right? But sometimes there's an outlier like Adrian Peterson won it one year. Yeah. Um did Le'Veon ever not Le'Veon. No. I didn't mean Le'Veon, Come excuse on. me. I, Ladanian Tomlinson, did he ever win it? I don't know. I think he probably did his 31 touchdown season. I mean, also that was like earlier on where sometimes quarterbacks didn't win us. They were a little less likely to win. So I think he probably won at least once in his career. I'm not hundred percent. So I think there is one outlier candidate who is not a quarterback and that's Todd Gurley. He's certainly a very reasonable guy. If Adam Thielen had had another hundred yard plus one touchdown plus game, would he be in the conversation? No, no, you don't think so. I mean, they aren't winning that many games. Thielen's really good, but there's a lot of really good receivers. I don't think anyone in the world thinks he's the most valuable receiver in the league. He's no. just having a great year. He's just having the best year among receivers. So in the far. Yeah. So far to like, even at, by the end of the year, do we really think he's going to be the best receiver? I don't No. but I expect Gurley will probably be the best running back. I mean, yes. he may not be, but he's got a great chance to be, he's got a better chance than Thielen or be. the guy who I have as the MVP, who is feels to me like just the guy you have to take right now, which is Pat Mahomes. And uh, yeah, the, Pat Mahomes is a very reasonable candidate and that would be quite an impressive 
opening to a career, having started one game last year yeah. and winning MVP his first season as a, as a starter. I feel like that's a reasonable candidate for sure. Give us some reasons. Well, here's what I can tell you about Patrick Mahomes. Number one, he leads the league in yardage, okay. passing yards. That's He's got 2,900 yards through, uh, I think, do they have, have they taken their bye yet? I don't know if they If they haven't, games. then it's not as impressive. I have to, I'm going to find out right now. I don't think they have. He's played nine games. Yeah, so okay. he has not had his bye yet. Okay, still, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot. He's got 29 touchdowns already. That's, that's, a, that's a shit ton. To be clear, Aaron Rodgers is on pace this season for 30 touchdowns, and he's, having, he's made the most pass attempts and thrown for the most yards at any point up to through eight games of his career. He's, like, he's at the best pace. Still, only 30 touchdowns. Okay. So that's crazy. He's thrown seven picks, which is a fair amount of picks, but not, when you compare it to the touchdowns, I mean, a four-to-one ratio is great. And considering how many passes he's throwing, it seems pretty reasonable. He's doing 9.2 yards per attempt, which is, to me, the, really the, the best way to, to get a sense of how effective is the quarterback really being. Um, another guy who is a really strong candidate, and I struggled between these two guys. Actually, there's three guys I struggled between. But to me, the other obvious guy is the guy who I'm, I'm guessing is on the tip of your tongue as Drew Brees. Yeah, Drew Brees is my guy Yeah, so far this season as MVP. He has, he's averaging a slightly lower yards per attempt at 8.4, but that's still an incredible yards per attempt. It's good, yeah. It's and he really good. Uh, has 18 touchdowns to one interception, and his completion percentage is 76.3. Yeah, that's pretty strong. That's going to break his own record of... It's going to break everybody's record, Yeah, That's just outrageous. His previous record was last year where he he was 72%. And Sam Bradford had one that year where he, like, did well. He had, like, 71%. But his yards per attempt were not not anywhere near 8.4. See, the combination of 76% and 8.4 yards per attempt is completely unheard of. Like, it's not just dump-off passes. Right, for sure. For sure. So this sort of comes down to, you know, how do you like your quarterback? Do you like your quarterback not turning the ball over and being um, a little more ball controlly and a little more possessiony? Or do you like your quarterback who's like lasers down the field, but is going to turn the ball over a little I bit I mean, more? Drew Brees can throw lasers down the field. Of course he can. But this season, he, Pat, I mean, Pat Mahomes has thrown 11 more touchdowns. I mean, true. Let's, I mean, it's different, right? I mean, Pat Mahomes, like the Saints are running the ball a lot. Now that they're, they're not because they don't like Drew Brees, but because they love their running game also, and they right. feel like that helps them to win. They, they made a really concerted... When they traded Jimmy Graham, they got Max Unger back in the day from Seattle. This is like five years ago now. And that was part of their decision. Like, we're going to build around a running game, not around a passing game, um, because the passing... Drew Brees was putting up great numbers, and they were losing. And so they decided to switch it up, and it seems to be working really well. How many well. interceptions does Mahomes have? He has seven. Okay, that's, that's a bit much. But I mean, it's good. Yeah, but he's got 29 touchdowns, yeah. so it doesn't feel as as much. It and to, and to be clear, like if I name almost any other quarterback, seven is not a whole lot. Like Tom Brady has seven, Jared Goff has six, Kirk well, Cousins has five, right, Roethlisberger has seven. I'm comparing know. him to Brees, who has oh, one. Right, yeah. Aaron Rodgers only has one. Also, by the way, um, right, but but he's got 11 more touchdowns and a lot more yards too. Right. And, um, I do want to refute that point a little bit. Oh, okay. I mean, I can't refute the stats that that's just math and reality. Sure. But, um, I think that Mahomes benefits from the gadget offense statistically in ways that Drew Brees does not benefit statistically from his offense. What, like, what do you mean? There's a lot of plays where they do the, whatever it's called, like the uh, forward jet sweep or whatever it is, where it counts as a pass and then right. Tyreek Hill runs it for 60 yards. He's definitely got at least two or three of those. Yeah. Yeah. The, like quite a few of those. A actually. lot of these days, quarterbacks are like padding their, their passing touchdown stats with that play. And it's, yeah. it is sort of ridiculous. Like, it is. I would like them not to call that a pass. I mean, I, I think they should call it a rush, but 
I don't know. The reason they do it is so that it's not a fumble if the guy drops it, right? That's why they do that instead of from right. behind, yeah. Okay. So so fine, but I don't know. So, something about it, it doesn't, it's like touchdown passes is supposed to be a statistic counting a particular thing, and it doesn't feel like it's really counting when you just, when you pass it to the guy who's standing right in front of you behind the line, and it's, it's completely like, it's not a screen pass even where you look and you see if he's open and you decide to throw it to him. You're always making this one play no matter what. It's, you're handing the ball off, right? right? You just happen to be tossing. You're just pitching it instead. Yeah. It's, it's absurd. Right. But to my greater point, I think, yeah. um, just using the word value as, as mm-hmm. the main thing that I'm going with, over the course of this podcast, I think I've come up with a couple players where it's like, Wow, put that guy in Mahomes' spot in Kansas City, and that would be amazing to watch. Like Aaron Rodgers, for example, if he didn't have a hurt leg, you know, if he had mm-hmm. some mobility. A guy who is mobile and accurate, like Aaron Rodgers, would probably put up insane numbers in Kansas City, right? So, like, at, at least partially, Mahomes is a product of a system, although he is obviously very good. Whereas, I mean, what system do you think he's a product of? The Andy Reid system, the like the gadget offense where they do all these types of plays and like make it a lot easier for Mahomes to to rack up. These. I mean, everybody's trying to make it easier for everyone else. Like that's that's the coach's job and that's the team's job. Like the Saints have a running game now that makes it easier for Drew Brees to be more accurate and because teams have to respect the have to be have to fear Alvin Kamara, right? Like, yeah, no, that didn't, I, it didn't used to be the case. Like I, yeah, I'm just saying. I think, and this is my opinion. Yeah. I think there are more quarterbacks you can put in Mahomes' position that would put up at least reasonably good numbers and maybe similar numbers than there are players you could put in Breeze' position and put up reasonably good numbers and similar numbers to Breeze. I mean, they're being asked to do slightly different things. Uh, you say there's a number of quarterbacks, so name the quarterbacks you think. I guess you think Drew Breeze would... No, I don't think he's the oh, type Okay, guy. so Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, your, they need to be... So the slightly. guy who people think is the most talented guy of all time. Anyone else? Yeah, just don't... Use that fucking voice. It's so <laughs> condescending. Um, <laughs> you guys don't see the eyes, too. It's bad. Um, like, anybody reasonably mobile who's good. Like, I think Andrew Luck would put up insane numbers hmm. in that spot. Obviously, Blake Bortles. Yeah, Blake I'm Bortles kidding. is a good one. No, put Russell Wilson there. I think he'll do as well as Mahomes, actually. Really? Yeah, I do. Wow. That sounds crazy when you say that. I mean, Russell Wilson loud. doesn't have an offensive line at all, and he's still putting up decent numbers. Russell Wilson's never put up numbers like this. Isn't yeah, he's never career. had an offense anywhere near this good. Not even close. But are we sure the off- it's the offense that's so good? Yeah, or is it did you Mahomes? see Alex Smith last year? He was great last year. He was an MVP candidate last year with the same offense. He was an MVP candidate because they were winning, though, not because his numbers were so outrageous. What are his numbers last year? What are Alex Smith's Oh, we're going to freaking find out, buddy. Like, Mahomes is a legit MVP candidate. I agree he is. Smith, was, just, Smith was a fake MVP I'm candidate. I'm just trying to argue that yeah. the Breeze is doing something that's more difficult than what Mahomes is yeah. doing. I understand. I don't know that that's true. They're both doing an incredible job at their jobs, right? I mean, yeah. I have, I, I think Breeze is the number two guy, and I think it's reasonable to say he's number one. So it's not like I think you're crazy or anything like that, you know? Wait, we're looking at Alex Smith, right? Yeah, Alex Smith, 2017 numbers. All right, it's coming. Don't worry. I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. Here it is. Alex freaking Smith, QB1 on Washington now, last year, 2017, 67.5% completion, 4,000 yards, 4,042. He had 26 touchdowns, five interceptions. For the whole season. Yeah. Like, to be clear, Mahomes has 29 touchdowns right now. Yeah. No, that's fair. Like, it's really different. Um, yardage. Yeah, he's got 4,000 yards. Mahomes has 2,900 yards now. Yeah. Nine I, games. Mean, I mean, Mahomes is obviously better than Alex it's Smith. It's really, it's like significantly better. But those are good numbers for Alex Smith. I mean, those are good numbers for sure. No, those are, those, nobody that's thinks, the best, and nobody that's the best year Alex of his Smith, career. And you don't even think Alex Smith is a top 10 quarterback no, in the league, right? Absolutely not. Those are definitely the numbers of a top 10 quarterback in the league. But he's been in Kansas City for years and years, and that's the only time he's ever right, had the numbers changed like last year. Andy I mean, Tyreek Hill happened last Tyree year. Tyreek Hill happened, and Andy Reid actively came up with a new offense last year. 
that happened. What are you basing that on? On people talking about it and it being a fact? Yeah, it's just a lie. Okay. So, um, okay. So, so let's not argue Mahomes breeze anymore. Okay. Would you, do you think, do you think Mahomes is like number two or do you have someone else at number two? Mahomes is number two for me. Okay. Do you think think it's close? Yes. Okay. So I I have Mahomes barely over breeze. You have breeze barely over Mahomes for having a big drag out fight about this. We think they're super close. You say so. we agree too much, so yeah. we got to do some disagreement. All right. Fair enough. I mean, I this was a genuine disagreement, though. It is, because like if I was casting a ballot and I had a vote, yeah. I would vote for Breeze right now. Yeah, I'd vote for Mahomes. Yeah. But I think um, it's very close. I think it would be reasonable to vote for Mahomes, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And ditto. Yeah. Ditto. Um, um, yeah. So, I mean, who are the other candidates? Obviously, Jared Goff, right? To me, Goff is number three. Yeah. And then Brady? I don't see he's how he's not really having that great of a year, is he? No, he's got 2,500 2, yards, 17 touchdowns, seven interceptions. I mean, I don't know how we put Brady there. Brady's not crushing it. No. He also isn't like they've had a million come from behind victories or anything. What Their are, offense uh, is very good, but Brady hasn't been what very are, good. What are Goff's numbers? Goff's numbers are 2,800 yards, 20 touchdowns, six interceptions. That's pretty good. So he's got three more touchdowns, one less interception, and 300 more yards than Brady. Yeah, but he's just like a worse Mahomes, right? Because he's in... Uh, Kind of a gadget offense also, and he is with all the weapons and you know he is. That's true. But the weapons that we're talking about are not really, as good. They yeah. also weren't seen as weapons until very recently. True. Like I mean, Gurley only had one down year. Gurley had a great year, then a down year, then he was great again. Yeah. And now he now he's the man. So and, but like the receivers, no one thought any of those guys were that good until they were that good. Yeah. Um, in this in this system. Now, I mean, I think we have to give McVay a huge amount of credit. I for agree all this. with that. But Goff was the number one overall pick and Right now, I mean, how many how many guys go in front of Goff if we're doing a draft right now? As as like you know, we're we're franchises. We're starting from scratch. Everyone, you know, thirty franchises. Where does he go in the draft? He goes like fourth overall or something. I mean, Mahomes probably goes number one. I don't know. It's close. Just, right? I just thought of another argument for Breeze. Oh, cool. So if we were voters and we had the ability to do this voting and. We're voting for MVP. You might vote for Breeze. You might vote for Mahomes. I don't think Goff is reasonable when both those guys are out there right now. Agreed. But of the top three candidates, I think two of the coaches are definitely coach of the year candidates and one is not. Two being Sean McVay and Andy Reid. I don't think people are going to consider uh, Sean Payton a coach of the year candidate. I mean, if the Saints, the Saints are seven and one, if they end up 14 and two, he's absolutely going to be a coach of the year candidate. I agree that he will be a candidate. In my mind, he will not be because I don't think he's the reason as much as the coaches are on the other teams. I, don't, I just, I don't know why you've decided that Sean Payton is considered like one of the offensive geniuses of the NFL. He's like, he's the QB fixer guy. He used to be Bill Parcells offensive coordinator. He, I think he's the guy who like helped Tony Romo to be good. He's a big deal. And okay. um, so I'm, I'm not, I think you're just, he's just been in New Orleans for so long. I think you're not thinking of him that way, which is fair. Andy Reid's been in Kansas city for a long time. Right. And people have often not been so impressed with his offense and stuff right, like but that. I think he's figured something out. I think he just has a talented quarterback and, and Tyreek Hill also, in yeah, fairness, maybe. which just makes it different. And he gets to play with, he has toys he normally doesn't okay, get to play with. More demonstrably, yeah. Sean McVay made a huge change with the Rams. No question about it. That guy should be coach of the year every year, I think. Well, at least NFC coach of the year yeah, every year. Because you got to go with Belichick. I mean, Belichick's the best, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, at least, but, you know, like, like last year he was, I think he was coach of the year, but he certainly should have been. And this year, it's very reasonable for him to win again. It feels like he's made such a difference. Yeah. Are there you don't any, see that very often. Are, are there any other dark horse MVP candidates who could come on the second half of the year and be like, oh, that guy's the MVP. Aaron Rodgers, if the Packers like win a bunch. Yeah, I mean, Rodgers is 15 touchdowns, one interception, 2,500 yards. They're not that different numbers from Breeze. Yeah. And they're losing, though. That's the difference. The so, team is just not as good as the right, Saints. Right, and they, they care about that kind of stuff, yeah. which is fair. 
I mean, I don't think Kirk Cousins is a legit candidate. No. He's got 2,700 yards, 17 touchdowns, five picks. Cam Newton? Let's take a look at Cam's numbers. I'm looking. I'm looking. It's really hard to find Cam's numbers because he's so far down these lists. He's not in the top 20 of yards or passing touchdowns. Well, that makes it less likely. I don't think he can be the guy. Um, Okay. Here's a weird one. Okay. James Conner. No. Why not? I mean, why would you pick him if you're going to pick a running back? Um, so, well, if we're comparing him to Gurley, for example, yeah. what would you guess the difference in their numbers is? Don't look. Just I, take I a, would take guess a, Gurley is like 20% better across the board. Connor has um, averages a tenth of a yard less per rush and I think more yards per reception and has, I think, this about roughly the same amount of receptions per game. Like, they're basically doing this and has more touchdowns, I think, too. No, less touchdowns, I'm sorry, than Gurley. Yeah, Gurley has the most touchdowns. Yeah, Gurley's got more touchdowns. Um, but co- except for a few touchdowns, and I mean a few, it's probably like five touchdowns because Gurley's going crazy touchdown-wise this year. Connor is, like, kind of right there. Like, statistically, but like, if you cover these guys up, except for the touchdown thing, I don't think you could tell them apart. Like, I, I'll give you their numbers if you want to hear them. I mean, they're sure. weirdly close. Sure. All right, here's Gurley. Gurley's got, Gurley's played nine games. He's averaging 96 and a half yards per game rushing, 4.8 per carry, 12 touchdowns, one fumble. Okay, and what Re- about receiving? Receiving, he's got 37 receptions, averaging 40 yards per game, 10 yards per catch, and four touchdowns total. Okay. okay? Those are excellent numbers. Those are very good. Here's James Conner. James Conner has played, hold it, eight games, so one game less. He's got 706 yards rushing. Well, you gave us the per game for Gurley. I'm about to. Okay. I did both. Yeah. 88 yards on the ground. So like six, so like seven or eight yards less per game, nine touchdowns, three fumbles. Not as good. He's got 38 receptions through eight games, uh, 47 and a half yards per game, averaging 10 yards per catch, one touchdown. It's pretty close. Gurley's a little better, but not much. And Gurley's in this gadget offense with this amazing, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying. I mean, Gurley's a big reason why that gadget offense is what it is, in fairness. Like, Gurley's, Gurley seems to be very good. Like, what are, what are Camaro's numbers? Are they similar to these guys? I would guess they're not because, uh, well, let's take a look. Camaro's got, first of all, Camaro only has 490 rushing yards. Oh, yeah, he's mostly getting stuff done through the air. He's also seems. only averaging three and a half yards a carry. He's huh. really not in the conversation all right. at all. At all. He also, wait a second, this is the wrong guy. I'm looking at Jordan Howard. That's a little different. I knew something was wrong. Okay. He does have 490 rushing yards, but he's averaging 4.4 yards a carry. That makes a whole lot more sense. And he's got 51 uh, receptions already. He's got 12 touchdowns total. He's averaging 4.4 per carry. Like I said, 61 yards per game, though. So Receiving? Uh, no, no, rushing. Rushing. So, like, the other guys are getting 95 and 90, basically, and he's getting 60. Now, he's in a timeshare. Although Ingram wasn't there the first four weeks, but he's in a timeshare, which I think just has hurt it. These other two guys are bell cow running backs, at least so far. Connor may not be by the end of the season. Yeah. Um, also, the Steelers, I guess, the Steelers are one of the better teams. They're like, what are they, 5-2-1? and one? Something like that. So anyway, I just think Connor is an interesting choice because his production, I looked at, I think Peter King wrote about this. Maybe it was Albert Breer in Monday Morning Quarterback. But they put up Le'Veon, the last four years, Le'Veon's average numbers through the first eight games of the season because that's what Connor's played so far. Yeah. And Connor's either basically the same or better in every, in every category. This holdout has not worked out so well for Le'Veon. It's really something. And let's, maybe we can transition to fantasy check-in and talk a little more about Le'Veon well, and we have, Connor. We have other things to talk about before that. Oh, do we? Yeah. Okay. 
Yes, we do. And I want right. to finish our MVP discussion because I don't think it's done. Oh, okay. There's more? Please. First of all, I want to say if a running back is going to win, it's going to be Todd Gurley, right? Like, I mean, things are going to have to change a little. Like, yeah. Gurley's going to have to slow down for it to be anyone else. Also, the Rams are, are what are they, 8-1? and one. So, yeah. yeah, it feels like Gurley's the guy. Are there any defensive candidates? Nope. Khalil Mack looked like it at the beginning of the year, but yep. he hasn't been keeping it up. Aaron Donald's been coming on a bit. He had a four-sack game. Cool. Yeah. Like, they're going to give it to Goff or Gurley. They're not going to give it to Aaron Donald. Right? Yeah. He's not, he's not, he may, maybe he should be a candidate, but he isn't. Right. If the, if the Bears win out and Trubisky isn't, like, the truth and Khalil yeah. Mack does a bunch of stuff, then yeah. maybe he can be a candidate. Like, the only way a defensive player ever wins is he, the team's got to be amazing. There has to be no standard offensive player on his team or really in the league for that to happen. I mean, Pat Mahomes alone and Drew Brees are both yeah. always going to get it ahead of it's him. It's going to be one of those guys yeah. most of the time, it seems. Yeah, I mean, you know, like Mahomes could slow down. Brees right. could throw a few picks and suddenly it doesn't look as good. And then Rodgers like takes over. Yeah, if Rodgers yeah. gets healthy, like suddenly he could have a lot. Brady maybe turns it on a little bit. I don't know. There's there's a lot of ways this could go still. Roethlisberger's got reasonable numbers too. We'll see. All right, I have two questions for you. Hit Before me. we hit fantasy check-in, and okay. then we'll have one more segment before fantasy check-in as well. Great. Are the Raiders currently worse than last year's Browns? Yes. They just lost 34 to 3 to the fucking Niners. Here's the only reason why I paused because they have Derek Carr and the Browns last year had Deshaun Kaiser? Yes. So that's different, right? Yeah. That's a big difference. But the Raiders are actively tanking as far as I can tell. And they lost 34 to 3 to the San Francisco 49ers third string quarterback. Yeah, he looked good in that game. Yeah. But I don't trust him going forward, by the way. We're not doing fantasy check-in yet, but that was going to be one of my questions. I don't, I don't really gonna, believe. Gonna, we'll go a little deeper. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, they, I think they're, I think if I had to, if those two teams were playing each other, I would take the Browns. Yeah, me too. The Browns had some talent and they were, they're, they got a little unlucky last year. I don't know. Yeah, the Raiders have like legit no talent, right? They have Derek Carr, who's okay, He's not fine. great. Who else do they have at this point? Do they have anybody who's like in the, like Derek Carr's on the top half of his position, probably. He isn't? Of quarterback? I don't think he is. No. Um, do they have anybody in the top third of their position? They have to have somebody. Somebody. Some, maybe, some like lineman. Maybe gotta Bruce be. Irving or something? Well, they just cut him. Oh, they, so they did? It's Irvin, and they cut him. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So they're actively trying to lose. Yeah. And they're getting rid of... they trading off all their pieces. They got rid of Amari Cooper, who's... I mean, that was the one good thing they did, basically, all season, is trade Amari Cooper. Because yeah, they got a first-round pick. Yeah. Um, we'll probably talk about that later, too. Um, you got another question for me? Or was that, was that your uh, Yeah, I have another question for okay. you. I know, I know what your answer is, but I want you to elaborate. Are the Texans for real? They've won six in a row. They're now six and three. Define for real. Do they have a chance to win the Super Bowl? No. Do um, they have a chance to go to the NFC Championship game, AFC Championship game? They have... I think they're probably going to make the second round. I think they're very likely to lose to the Patriots or the Chiefs, but they do have a chance. The six, the six in a row is interesting because the first three or four of those were weak-ass wins that... Like, we're basically handed to them. The last one was a weak-ass win. They barely beat Denver, who's not very good. Okay, but it's a little bit different. So, and here's why. So, uh, Deshaun Watson was playing very poorly throughout the season. He and was. Even as they started winning games, that he was playing poorly. Then he, like, got it together a little bit and threw five touchdowns two weeks ago. Right. That was awesome. And then this week... He threw two touchdowns. They were actually up a fair amount on Denver, and then Denver came back near the end. But I think they were comfortably always going to win that game pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, and apparently, uh, 
Deshaun has still got like a cracked rib or something. And so there's, there's oh, talk a collapsed about, lung. Like oh, a that's, collapsed okay. It's his lung. lung, but apparently there's, there's a lot of talk that he's still not actually healthy and that he actually like shuts it down a little bit once he thinks it's the game's over. Huh? Like, so like they like took a lead and he's like, okay, so I don't have to like kill myself anymore. Fantastic. Like I'll see you next week. And so there's belief. So, so my, my thought is if he can get fully healthy, he doesn't have to be the guy from last year, but he could just be like good. I think he can be good. And he just got Demarius Thomas, yeah, who, which is a nice. He was second. kind of trash for the Broncos this year. He was, but the Broncos had Case Keenum throwing the ball to him. And yeah, he's got talent. He's athletic. He's fine as the number two receiver. Yes, he is. Um, he's going to get a lot. He's going to be open a lot, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I think I think they are leg- I think there are four real second round playoff team. I think they win in the first round of the playoffs a lot of the time against whoever they're playing. So your opinion has changed slightly yeah. over the year. It has. It's changed this last this last week. Actually, it's changed. Yeah, I mean, Deshaun Watson is probably better than he started off as. So. Yeah, I mean, I think he is. Yeah. I think he is. All um, right, so last segment before fantasy check-in. Okay. This what is a surprise the, segment. I'm excited. What are the biggest surprises so far oh, in the actually, NFL? You it's fine. I called it a surprise segment. Yeah, you did. I actually did kind of know this was coming, though, and I have some thoughts. Okay. So one, there's a few surprises for me. Um, We've already talked about some of these things in this show currently, so I'm just going to touch on them very quickly. Okay. Not get crazy about it or anything. Um, well, I actually, my, my biggest surprise is that the Texans have won six in a row without Deshaun being great. Is, that is, is quite my, a surprise. Like my number one surprise, like, how is that possible? Yeah. I don't, and part of it is, like, Frank Reich decided to go for it on fourth and two for no reason in a spot where he can't win the game anyway, almost yep. ever. Instead of guaranteeing a tie, pretty much, he, like, Gives himself a chance to lose. It was really stupid. That's one. To me, maybe the biggest surprise, though, for the whole season is the changing of the quarterback guard. So, yeah. again, yeah. something we sort of touched on, but, like, Brady and Breeze and Rodgers have really ruled over the NFL for the last decade or yeah. more. And maybe, like, a hint of Roethlisberger in there. Yeah, sure. Big Ben's part yeah. of that, too. Philip Rivers, a little bit. Eli Manning in the playoffs A little sometimes. bit, right. Yeah. The old guys have really, and, like, for the last, Russell even. Wilson. Cam Newton, those guys are in there. Yeah, they're they're in there, but they're yeah. not they're not like leaving. Though. Yeah. They're they're around. Right? Yeah. They're, they're, they're going to be around for a while. But they also didn't replace those 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 Brady and no. Rodgers or anything like that. It looks like we finally have guys who might be replacing them. Yeah, like Mahomes and Goff stand out the most to me. But there's a bunch of other guys who could be that too. Deshaun right? Watson, Carson Trubisky, Wentz. maybe Trubisky, maybe Carson Wentz, maybe 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 some of the guys from this year too. Maybe Baker Mayfield. I mean, there's there's guys out there. Yeah. So, I mean. And everyone except for Mayfield has really looked, I guess, in Trubisky has looked really good. Trubisky's had a great game. Yeah. Um, But the other guys have all looked great for a lot more than a game, uh, except for Mayfield. But he's so young, and I'm not worried about him yet by any means. I mean, maybe Sam Darnold will be something. I don't know. He's got the most interceptions in the NFL. Yeah, you know, it's a rookie thing. Who knows? But, like, it's finally time where we can say, like, okay, Brady's not going to win MVP. Brady won the MVP last year, but he's got 17 touchdowns and seven picks and 2,400 yards, 2,500 yards. It's not going to happen this year. I guess Rodgers could win out and win the MVP, but it seems very unlikely. Drew Brees is still, is, like, holding up the flag for all of them. Yeah. But now Mahomes, like, we just had a big drag-out discussion of who's the, you know, who's the MVP, and, like, I think it's Mahomes, you think it's Brees, but it's super close, and we both have Goff at three, right? Yeah. Like, there haven't been any young quarterbacks. Who, I guess Carson Wentz last year was like this, yeah. too, now I think about it. He was. So, he, so that's part of it, too. And maybe. Deshaun Watson for a couple games. For four games, yeah. yeah. But, like, but Brady ultimately won. And like for the last so long, it's been Rodgers, Brady, and everybody else. And Breeze was usually the next part. Of, Breeze and Big yeah. Ben were the next part of everybody else. But it's no longer that. I think next year, 
it's Mahomes, Goff, maybe Rogers still. Maybe Breeze still. Oh, yeah, Breeze. Maybe. Oh, he's yeah. getting older. He is. I mean, it's changing. It's changing yeah. fast. And like three years from now, all these old guys are going to be gone, and these young guys are going to be running the league forever. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. That, but that's a surprise to me that this that just sort of happened. Feels like a little out of nowhere. It felt like Carson Wentz established himself, but then, you know, Goff didn't look that good last year. He was pretty good last year. He was fine. Yeah. He was like, you know, the 17th best quarterback in the league or something. But I now he's, he's probably better than that. But he was. I mean, he wasn't the top 10 quarterback. He wasn't right? throwing touchdowns like he is now. Like, yeah. I mean, in our fantasy draft, someone picked him in the, like the 16th round, and he's a Rams fan, and we all made fun of him for yeah, doing it, right? That's true. I mean, that was the only quarterback he took, and we're like, okay, nice job, buddy, but turns Worked out, out that was well. pretty good. His team isn't very good, though, so. Yeah. It's okay. Sorry, Fernando. Um, anyway, so so that's, that's I have another one, too, but what uh, what's uh, some of your biggest surprises? Okay, I'll, I'll do all three of mine, and then you Great. go back to yours, because they relate to what you've said so far. I just did players. I didn't do, cool. like, an overall theme, but I think something that's easy to overlook because it feels established now is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I think he's got to be the biggest surprise in the NFL. I agree. Like, how can this guy come out of nowhere and be this good? Like, right. It's crazy. He's too good. Yeah. He's too good for not playing at all last year, and he was the, what, the 10th overall pick. Like, we couldn't see this coming up. People were excited about him, but no one was this excited. He's doing for, so far this entire year, what we kind of expected Deshaun Watson to keep doing if he didn't get hurt. If you told me one of the young quarterbacks was going to do this from that draft, I would have said, obviously, it's Deshaun. Yeah. Like, who else could it be? Right. Yeah, and it's not at all. It's That's, Mahomes. It seems crazy. Yeah. So Mahomes is my number one surprise. Yeah. Like, I expected that he, the Chiefs would probably be pretty good and he would be fun to watch and stuff, but I didn't expect it to be like, holy shit. I mean, I thought there was a reasonable chance that Mahomes wouldn't be any good at all and that they were going to, like, it would have been a big mistake to let go of Alex Smith even. Like, they're taking a chance and, like, they have to do it. They trade, you know, they traded up to get this kid. They took him 10th overall. They got to play him, but who knows how it's going to go. And instead, oh my God. It's like when Rodgers came in, it feels yeah. like, you know, Rodgers sat for three years instead of one, but he came in and was just immediately the best player in the, or one of the very best players in the league. And yeah. We're seeing that again. Yeah. I had a little bit of optimism for Mahomes. I know a lot of bullshit comes out of a lot of teams, but when they were getting rid of Alex Smith, you know, there was rumblings that all the players had been wanting Mahomes to take over for mm. a while. And like the chiefs were super excited about him in a way that they hadn't been for a long time. You know, he was always going higher up in fantasy drafts than I ever thought he should be going just based on, you know, yeah, his body of work, which was essentially nil, you know, but he was going like, he was like the seventh quarterback taken in most fantasy drafts. And it just seemed, it always seemed way too high to me, but clearly it wasn't high enough. Yeah. All right. My, uh, my second surprise we've talked about enough is James Conner. Right. Just like being able to essentially replicate what Le'Veon does. I did not expect that. I don't think anybody expected that. Not that. No, no. not that. I would expect like 80% because the offense is pretty good. Maybe you know? even 65%, yeah. you know, like we, like you were saying, like Le'Veon held out and part of the idea of holding out is, for everyone to see, oh my God, Le'Veon's so important and the opposite has happened. It's like, yeah. oh, James Conner's just as good, at least production-wise. Right. Maybe Le'Veon's got a few more skills, but I don't know. The Steelers are 5-2-1 and one, and James Conner's crushing it and they're very happy with him. You know? Yeah, so. so that's a surprise. And my third yeah. is Adam Thielen. I yeah. didn't think he was the best receiver on his team coming into the year. I right. thought Stephon Diggs was better. I, I've definitely flipped on that. I mean, I think Stephon Diggs probably has more athleticism as far as like the acrobatic catches I've seen him make. But Thielen just, I guess, runs really good routes or something. I don't know exactly what his magic is, but um, it's he get, really working. He gets great separation. He runs really good routes. You know, he was, of course, undrafted. Yeah. And uh, had to work super hard to even get into like pre-mini camp camps where they have like big tryouts and stuff. And the only reason why the uh, Vikings let him in is because he went to school in Minnesota. 
Wow. Um, he apparently did get one other invite from one other team, which his agent worked super hard to get. But he was, but he went to Minnesota and he dominated that camp, which got him into the rookie camp. It wasn't even rookie camp. That he had to win that camp to get to rookie camp. There were like you know two hundred guys, and like two guys made it, and he was one of them. And of course, you know here yeah. we are. And so like. Going into the year, I would have said last year was a bit of an anomaly. Thielen had a good year, but that was just like probably not going to happen again. Mm. And this year, he's way outperforming what he did last year. I don't think either of us would say he's the best receiver in the league. No. Certainly not. But now you have to probably accept that he's in the conversation for top five best receivers in the league, right? Let's do it. Okay. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, clearly better. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, yes. Has to be better. AJ Green. Probably. I got to take AJ. I go probably with AJ. Michael Thomas? Michael Thomas and Thielen are close, in my opinion, at this point. Yeah. I mean, I would take Michael Thomas. Thomas has the pedigree. He's got the pedigree. He's, I mean, the thing that Thielen doesn't have, and I I mean, I know what this is going to look like, but he's not as athletic as as these guys, right? He doesn't have the, and this is why he was undrafted, right? He doesn't have the tools, but he makes it work because he's. He might be as athletic as Michael Thomas. We just had this discussion about Michael Thomas a couple weeks ago where we referenced that he's, he doesn't have like the Julio type speed or or leaping ability, but he has great hands. Right. Which uh, Thielen and Thomas. Thielen does have great hands. Thielen and Thomas might have similar athleticism. Okay. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Um, Who else is even in the conversation after AJ Green? I mean, there's got to be another guy or two, right? It used to be like Des Bryant and Jordy Nelson, but those guys aren't in that conversation. No, anymore, I would obviously. say they're no longer part of that conversation for sure. Odell Beckham Jr. Um, I don't think either of us believe Devontae Adams is better than Thielen, right? No, I would take Odell over. Odell, over yes, for sure. Thielen, for sure. Um, no, I agree with you. I would not take him. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is having a great year, but come no, on. No, Juju is having a great year, but come on. I don't know. That's it. So Thielen's like... Tyreek Hill. Oh, Tyreek Hill. Hill probably better. Yeah, I would take Tyreek Hill. But, but there's like, like six guys. seven... That's incredible. As far as just talent, we're saying, not just like right. fantasy production. I mean, you're looking at fantasy, and maybe we're sort of morphing into fantasy checking here a little bit. Yeah. Um, and my surprise actually will fit in there, too. Um, my last surprise. Like, Connor and Thielen are guys who... Thielen went in the third round of most drafts this year. Connor went, you know, like in the 14th round if he yeah. went at all. Next year, Connor's a first-round pick. As long as Le'Veon doesn't come back and take the job. The Steelers aren't going to keep Le'Veon next year. Right. That's, so Connor's a first-round yeah. pick as long as he's not hurt. Yeah. I mean, he might be a top-six pick next Thielen's year. a first-round pick, too, next year. Thielen is probably... A, in PPR leagues, he's probably going to go, like, around 11th, right? And even in, in half PPR, more normal leagues, he's going to go, like, 15th. He might go higher. He might go... We'll see how the rest of the year like, goes yeah. for him. But, yeah, I mean, like... This is, I mean, Connor, even if he slows down as a first round pick, I think like, even if he doesn't have to keep playing this well to be, to go like in the top 12. Well, that may be true, but I'm thinking about like, at this point last year, if you were going to do a fantasy draft, you would take Kareem Hunt number one overall. He slowed down significantly and ended up being like around the turn, right? Right. Like 10 through 14 type right. range. If Connor has a similar drop off, he's not considered number one right now for, for the draft, right? The, the, w- one of the big differences, though, is that the Steelers always have great fantasy running backs. Always. Right. And this, is that, this is the Le'Veon Bell problem. If, if he has a similar drop-off that Kareem Hunt had, he might be like a late second-round pick. Kareem Hunt never had eight games this good, though. Kareem Hunt had like... The first game was amazing, and he had yep. one other really good game, and the rest of them were fine. Hmm. James Connors had like six of his eight games have been sort of eye-popping. Like, so I don't know, man. I... And, and D'Angelo Williams put up numbers like this. Connor puts up numbers like this. And Le'Veon puts up numbers like this. And this goes back to it, how special is Le'Veon really? Yeah. 
is it just the Steelers with their their schemes and Big Ben and their quarter and their um, offensive line and everything? They just know how to do this. They always have great fantasy running backs. It's always like a top three fantasy running back, whoever's carrying the ball. So it's going to be fascinating to see Le'Veon in another situation next year, which I have to believe he's going to be in. Yeah. What if he's just terrible? Oh good. man, I kind of root for that, even though that's not fair. I guess then good for Le'Veon if he's terrible. He's made a lot of money. Yeah, actually, but I kind of root for it just because like. I believe running backs are mostly fungible. Yep. So I'm kind of rooting for you want my to belief. Be right. you root, yeah, I want to be root, right. You root for being right. If Levin goes to like the Bills and is amazing, then I'll be like, well, yeah. they're not totally fungible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your second surprise then? Uh, my, um, it's Amari Cooper getting traded for a first-round pick to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, that, that was what the hell. I can't believe the Cowboys paid that much for him. Neither can I. I can't believe it. And I know he had a good game on Monday night, in theory, last night. He caught a touchdown pass. He got, like, I think the most targets, like, with six. Um, but they were sort of force-feeding the ball a little bit. And after the first quarter, he didn't really get that many targets. And he didn't look amazing. He's probably the best receiver on the team. But that's not saying a whole lot. And a first-round pick is so valuable. And they just gave up you know, like three years of cost controlledness of a young player who's got a huge talent for Amari freaking Cooper, who they're gonna have to sign to a big deal in a year. I don't know. It seems like a terrible move. I don't know. Five, five for 58 and a touchdown for in your first game in a new system is pretty good. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, you might change your tune if next game he has 12 catches for 130 yards, you know? Now let's, let's be clear. It isn't like he just got there four days ago though. Like they yeah. were, they were on by and before that the Raiders were on by. So he hasn't played in That's three true. weeks. Um, I'm not. Exa- I don't remember exactly when he got traded anymore. Like how much time he's. It's been at least a week and a half, but I don't know beyond that. Um, anyway, I mean, like, I just I just don't love the Cowboys making this deal. The Cowboys are right now. They're three and five. They were four. They were three and four when they made the deal. So they were trying to. They saw. They did see weakness in their division. Washington was five and two. Philly was uh, four and four. Mm-hmm. And there was, I guess, in their mind, they thought they were. Jerry Jones thinks they're good, and so sure. he's going for it. Yeah, but they're not good. And by the way, this leads me to just another question. Maybe this really, let's move into fantasy check-in here. All right. It's fantasy check Fantasy check-in. <laughs> I like what you're doing there. Who's the best fantasy check-in? So <laughs> you are. Here's, here's some, so Jerry Jones today came out and basically said, we're not firing Jason Garrett till the end of the season. <laughs> Jason Garrett needs to be fired. He's going to be gone unless they win every game basically from here on out. He also said, we're extending Dak Prescott. Like, he's our quarterback. He's young. He's our guy. I think he probably has a lot of potential still. Should they be, should they be still really banking on Dak is my this question. This is not a fantasy you. check-in. Why? How is this fantasy? Dak as a fantasy quarterback. That's not, that's not at all what it we is. We always you know use fantasy check-in just to talk about the NFL. And we're just talking about specific players. We're going to talk what? about fantasy. What do, you, what, do you have something you actually want to talk about in terms of fantasy? Yeah, I got plenty. Motherfucker. Well, well, just before we do that, Let's take a pause for fantasy check-in and just answer me this, Batman. Do you not know what fantasy check-in is? I know what it Jesus. is. I have Dak Prescott on my fantasy team. Believe me, I know all about it. Yeah, bro. but you asked a question about the is Cowboys' Dak future. Is Dak Prescott the Cowboys' quarterback of the future? Okay, so undo fantasy check-in because that's not a fucking fantasy question. fantasy check-in. <laughs> no more fantasy check-in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he is. I think they are going to stick with him for at least one to two more years and see how it goes. He was so much better his rookie year than either of the last two years. Yes, he was. He had... Eight point yards per attempt, eight yards per attempt, twenty three touchdowns, four interceptions. His rookie year, last year six point eight yards per attempt, twenty two touchdowns, thirteen picks. This year seven yards per attempt, ten touchdowns, five picks. Yeesh. Also threw for twenty more yards per game his rookie year than he did the, each of the last two years. 
I mean, he's gotten worse, which is weird. He's supposed to be getting better. Well, his weapons got worse. Des fell yeah, off a cliff last that's year. That's true. And he doesn't really have receivers. Yeah, Des Maybe fell off he had, a complete cliff last year. Jason Witten also got old and is gone. And now. their offensive line is consistently banged up now. When him and Zeke came in the league, everybody was super excited about Zeke for fantasy purposes because yeah. they're like, put any running back behind that line and they're going to be amazing. It's true. And he has been amazing, yeah. actually, every year. He's been awesome. But their line has been banged up this year and it's not been as good. Zeke's still been very effective. Not as good as he has been before, and neither is Dak. And I think the line is a big reason for that. Hmm. So, I mean, Zeke is having is averaging more yards per carry this year than he did last year by half a yard. Just saying. I mean, sure, that's one stat, and that's, that's a, one of that one of the more, that, that's an effect that's that a lot about like the offensive line and how he's doing. That doesn't count. I, don't I, understand. I feel like yards per carry is not the most telling of stats. What stat would you want to use instead for running backs? Um, how many teeth do they have? <laughs> Well, I, I've checked. He has the same amount of teeth as last year. So there you go. it's a wash. I guess you're right. It's a wash. All right. Let's talk about actual fantasy. though. Okay. Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. What's going on? Are we going to see him this year at all? I think this is what's going to happen. And I, so I think pro football talk first speculated about this. I think this, okay. He's going to, um, I'm not sure if he's going to report or not. If he doesn't report, it will be because the Steelers say to him, don't report. We're not going to tag you again. You'll be a free agent. We don't want to pay you. You don't have to get banged up. We don't have to deal with any of this. Just don't come in. Yeah. I believe that is the most likely scenario at this point. I think so, too. If that doesn't happen, he's got to come in by next Tuesday. That's the last day of reporting from the 13th. If he comes in, I believe the Steelers will immediately place him on the exempt list, which means for two weeks, they can pay him any amount of money they want, and he doesn't play. So that means they'll pay him the minimum, and he won't play for two more weeks. And that way they, because why would they want to pay him basically $850,000 a week to be in a time show when everything's going great with James Conner? There's no reason for them to do, to do that. I can't imagine they want to spend that money. Yeah. So, so James Conner, I think, is going to be the bell cow running back for at least the next three weeks and probably the rest of the season. Yeah, it's interesting. So for fantasy purposes, yeah. Um, if you have Le'Veon Bell on your fantasy team, your team probably sucks. It's really hard for your team to be good if you yeah. have Le'Veon. So like, for example, I have a team with Jonathan. It's the worst team I've ever had in fantasy football. When he says with Jonathan, he means we're in the same league. In the same we league, don't have yes. a team together. Yes. We compete. Or I, actively, I actively received the first overall pick in the pick lottery and traded with my wife, who had the second overall pick, because I felt like Gurley and Bell were completely interchangeable, yep. and I'd rather have an earlier pick coming back. Yeah. So I fucked that one up. You know, you know what else you fucked up? You let me take James Conner in the 14th round. Yeah, that, that's that true. draft, too, and I've ridden that to by far the best team in the league. Yep. It's been yeah, amazing. No, part of that was, was <laughs> that I smoked weed in the 13th round. Mm. Um, but hey, anyway. Whatever works, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so... That's my team with Le'Veon, and it is terrible. I assume many of you who have Le'Veon on, on your team, your team is terrible. I mean, you just you lose your first round pick, right? For, so, and you've never gotten a single. I mean, my team point in that league, is, the first four picks are indicative of how bad the team is. Le'Veon Bell, T.Y. Hilton, Gronk. Rob Gronkowski, Amari Cooper. Wow, it's a rough start. That is pretty bad. I thought the Gronk in the third round was such a good pick too. He, yeah, me he too. picked him a second pick of the third round, and I was very happy to take T.Y. Hilton at the end of the second. That was reasonable too. He's been hurt, not as effective as ex- expected. Even though Andrew Luck's been okay. All like, right, so yeah, two separate questions. Go. If you have nothing to play for in fantasy, I guess it doesn't matter. But yeah, you can't. I guess I it's mean, really just one question because I have something to play for because we have a, a penalty in our league. So like, yeah, the question is, should I hang on to Le'Veon and should people who are in teams with a penalty uh, leagues with a penalty or 
in leagues where they somehow have managed to like sneak to f- four and five and like mm-hmm. could maybe hit the playoffs and Le'Veon yeah. comes back and all of a sudden their team's good. Right. Like, is it worth hanging on to Le'Veon still? I think you have to, right? Well, the question is, what can you get for him? Like, so I'm a good candidate, actually, that you would might want to trade. I have James Conner. Yeah. I've got a million points. I'm making the playoffs for sure. It's like guaranteed. I'm like eight and one in the league or something like that. I've got, I've, there's no way I don't make the playoffs. Right. In that league. So like I can absolutely afford to trade for Le'Veon in terms of like there's it's okay if I even lose a game or two along the way mm-hmm. if if there's a chance of him coming back I can I can bank on that right it's okay and if it doesn't come back it's okay I've got James Conner so that's so I'm a good candidate so but like what would I be willing to give up for Le'Veon at this point when I have James Conner and I'm pretty sure Le'Veon's not coming back I'm just not sure you can get a lot yeah like the question what, is more what like would you, what would the you question be looking is more for? if there's like an, a str- if you have like a team where you're doing pretty well and you have Le'Veon. Somehow you, okay. hit, you hit your other picks pretty well. It happens. Yeah. It's possible. You got Marlon but you, Mack. But you don't have James Conner, let's say. Right. Um, yeah, like you hit some other picks, so you're like, you have six wins right now. You're doing pretty well. And Le'Veon is the only player on your team that you haven't played this year. Like everybody during bye weeks has played. You have like Tyler Boyd and players like sure. that who are just like emerging as good players. Yeah. Do you drop Le'Veon for like a defense in a time of need? No. No. Okay. Absolutely not. Um, if you're... if if you're like gonna make the playoffs, possibly, I don't think you should be trading Le'Veon. I think you have to bank on Le'Veon coming back because all the money's in winning the, is when winning the championship in most fantasy leagues, yeah. right? Now, not in every league. Sometimes it's points and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. and then it's different. But in almost every fantasy league in the world, if you win, if you finish, if you make it to the final game, you're making good money, and if you win, you're making really good money, right? At least compared to the buy-in. Le'Veon, you're never gonna get anyone close these days. What's a fair trade for Le'Veon? Like, what's a fair trade running back for Levin? Adrian Peterson? No, I think you keep AP if you are the AP owner. I mean, that's terrifying, right? right? Like, if you're, let's say you're the Levian guy, how good is it get adding? Let's say someone's willing to offer you Adrian Peterson. How good does that make you? Yeah, if you're, like, you win, you're like, you're, I might make the playoffs and I'll get destroyed in the playoffs when the good teams play me and I've got freaking Adrian Peterson. Or you, or you, you keep Levian, hope it works out. It's really unlikely it's going to work out. But when it does, suddenly you've got this super fresh you know, top five running back again. It's not going to work out almost ever. But man, when it does, you know, James Conner gets hurt or the Steelers are like, we're just going to pound Le'Veon because, you know, Conner's our guy. Anyway, we're just going to give Le'Veon the ball because we don't like Conner's for next year, you know? All right, let's find the line if you're the Le'Veon owner for running back. Okay. Dalvin Cook, you would you would take Dalvin Cook? I would, if I had yeah. Le'Veon, I would take Dalvin Cook for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Have okay. to. So I'm going to go to one that's probably too low. Derrick Henry, would you take Well, Derek? never in a million years. Like okay. that's that's. It's worse to have Derrick Henry than Le'Veon because Le'Veon, at least you know not to play him. Yeah. Like, Derrick, sometimes you may accidentally play. <laughs> you might accidentally play Derrick Henry. That's true. Um, Theo Riddick? I would keep Le'Veon. Okay. Would you? Yeah, I would keep Le'Veon over Theo Riddick. Lamar Miller? Fuck Lamar Miller. Keep Le'Veon? I, yeah. It's just this. Lamar Miller hurts. Like, you got to have a guy who at least is a positive, I think. So, yeah. Lamar Miller is like, is so often just a disappointment. I mean, he has a few good games. Austin but Eckler? Austin Eckler's having a pretty good year. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, my, my, my instinct is to keep Le'Veon, but I'm going to look up Eckler's numbers because it's possible I'm not giving him enough credit. All right. Here's what Eckler's actually done so far this season. Okay. Through eight games. He has 326 yards on the ground, averaging 41 yards per game. Wow, six yards per carry, though. He's been so effective. And also get 20 receptions, getting another 31 yards uh, through receptions, and he's got three touchdowns total. 
So he's like, okay. He's yeah. a solid flex play. And if Melvin Gordon ever gets hurt, he's going to be awesome. Like, he's going to be great, right? I think I have the perfect question for Le'Veon. Okay. I think this is like the line that makes so much sense. Okay. Alex Collins. Alex Collins, who always scores a touchdown and never does anything else, yeah, right? Yeah, always gets you 10 points. Yeah, like, you can live with Alex Collins. Yeah. Boy, I think you won't... I guess if you're not going to make the playoffs, or you think you're not going to make the playoffs without Alex Collins, but Alex Collins gets you in, you roll the dice and you go with Alex Collins, I guess. Because yeah. you have to make the playoffs for any of this to matter, right? right? So if you don't think you're going to get there, you should make this kind of a trade, but you hate it. Yeah. Like, who feels good? To, like, you have Alex Collins on one of your teams. Do you have, ever feel good about it? Two teams. Do you like it? No. I've started him every week and right. always been like, eh, fine, he got me 10 points. Cool. But it's not, like, exciting. It's like a rough 10 points, yeah. too. It's, you know... He ran for 35 yards. He caught one pass for two yards, and he happened to score a two-yard touchdown. That's Alex Collins I mean, every he's week. He's like a must-start on most teams if there's a flex spot. Yeah. You know. That's fine. But yeah. So, yeah. So, he's a starter for you, yeah. but it's a bad starter. That's what Le'Veon's worth right now. It's yeah. pretty sick. It is. All right. Well, I guess that's... So, let's say, for example, you are four and five. Okay. And, you know, there's not a huge separation between you and the playoffs, but you're struggling a bit. You have Le'Veon... And you don't really have an RB2 because you, you also have Marlon Mack, but then yeah. your, your third best running back is like Chris Thompson. Okay. So you have just Marlon Mack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you trade Le'Veon for Alex Collins if you have that team? It's reasonable to do it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I would be doing things like I would get crazy with it. I would look at my, my opponents the rest of the way. I'd see how good they are or not. Decide what am I, is it, do I have what it takes to get in? You know, sometimes you, sometimes your schedule is easy the rest of the way. Sometimes it's really hard. If it's easy, you might, tr- you might go for it and not make the trade, you know, because it's like, I think I can maybe squeeze in anyway. And then if Le'Veon comes back, I can actually win. But, you know, I can't really win with, I'm never going to win the title with Alex Collins unless I get crazy lucky. Yeah. I mean, you can make the opposite arguments too, though, really easily, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I've got an easy schedule, so let's trade for the Alex Collins of the world so then I can definitely get in the playoffs. You can make that case too. But for me, making the playoffs isn't that big a deal. I don't want to make the playoffs. I want to win in the playoffs. Right. So I want to give myself a chance. And Alex Collins is unlikely to get you uh, a championship. You know? But you got to get to the playoffs first. And then it's, it's just, and it's such a small sample size. You, know, you just have a game where you start Cam Newton and he scores 42 points and like, that gets you through. You Things know? happen. Yeah, yeah, it's true. People have crazy big games out of nowhere. Happens all the time. Like I, three years ago in the same league that I'm terrible this year, I won the championship with my second worst team of all time that through the regular season had the eighth most points out of 12. Yeah. I snuck into the playoffs and had David Johnson who right. then went completely fucking bananas and I won the championship. Yeah. These like, things happen. That's, that's true. That happens. But if you have Alex Collins, like he's not going to go bananas. Probably but, not. But Le'Veon could. Yeah. Le'Veon's the guy who does go bananas. That's yeah. the thing. And we know that we know he has it in him to do it. That's pretty that's pretty compelling to hold on to him in my mind when you have a chance anyway. Yeah, I agree. All right, next fantasy question. Okay. Nick Mullins, does he matter? No. Okay. Next fantasy question. <laughs> Ask the fantasy guru. <laughs> Kareem Hunt has come on quite yeah. strong in the past couple games. Yeah. Is he becoming a top four, top five RB right now? I don't think he's top five because the top five is pretty crowded, but I think he's definitely top 10. He's absolutely an RB one. Uh, I think right. if we're doing a redraft right let's now, do it. rest of your running backs, let's go. Gurley. Gurley is ahead of him. Yes. Ezekiel Elliott ahead of him. Um, James Connor ahead of him. Um, Camara Camara ahead no of question him. about it. 
feel like I need to call up some running backs. I so think, I I think after that, it becomes close. Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is ahead of him, yes. That's five, right? After that, it becomes close between him and Saquon. Players like that, I think, are like kind of close now. I feel like I like Saquon. I feel like I'm a Saquon it's just guy. Being a part of that Chiefs offense is pretty valuable. It is. It is. That's that's a fair point. Um, besides Saquon, is there anyone else, or is that the end of it? Because Joe Mix, Christian McCaffrey is in McCaffrey the is in the conversation, but I think I'd rather have Kareem Hunt. I guess I would too, but it's close. Though I think those three guys are all really close. Yeah, Hunt, Saquon, Saquon has the most natural ability. It seems it does. Um, he's in the worst situation. David Johnson is not really in that conversation no. anymore, is he? He's far out of that. Got a new offensive coordinator though. Maybe it'll change things. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck the rest of the season, David Johnson. I mean, you still got to start him every week if you have him. I mean, unless you have better players, you could start them. What are, I guess if you had James Conner, Marlon Mack, and then somebody in flex, I don't know how you could have. If you have Alex Collins, are you starting David Johnson or Alex Collins? David Johnson. Snap. Has David Johnson been that much better? Yes. Okay. Pretty sure he has. I can look it up. You have him. I do. I have both of them in one league. So you should should just know that. I'm pretty sure David Johnson has been better. Let me take a look. I mean, Alex Collins has sucked. Uh, yeah, he's been pretty bad. He's awful. I'm looking up Alex Collins. You look up David Johnson. We'll compare. It's going to be right. super fun. All right, here we go. Alex Collins. So in 2018, he's got he's averaging 3.7 yards per rush. He's got three 400 yards rushing, six touchdowns, 15 receptions for a touchdown, averaging seven yards per catch. Yeah, I don't have those numbers actually. Uh, okay, well, I have fantasy point numbers because that's all right. Whatever, give us those. That's what matters here. He is. He has had, okay, I don't have the average, but (laughs) he's had many games that are better than Alex Collins games. All right, here's David Johnson's stats. I'm going to, so we can compare them though. So rushing, he's also got about 400 yards rushing, almost exactly the same. He's averaging 3.2 yards per carry. Yeah, that's been rough. That's worse than Alex Collins by half a yard. Five touchdowns. Uh, Receptions, he's got 24 receptions, so that's nine more for at 8.6 per for 200 yards total. I mean, he's having a bad year, too. He's he got is. six touchdowns. That's the only good thing about his, his year. It's bad. I mean, but the rest of the season, you've got to take him over Alex Collins. Yeah, I, I, been, I agree with you. He's been slightly better, and he has way more upside. I'll take him. Also, like at any moment, the, the Ravens might fire John Harbaugh, yeah. you know, bench Joe Flacco and go with Lamar Jackson, which is not going to be good news for Alex Collins, i got to believe. So, All right. i got a couple more fantasy check-in questions right. for you. This is the longest half podcast ever go it's on a full podcast yeah sure is you don't want me to keep talking no i do please this, this is fun i'm enjoying myself is mark ingram a failure fantasy wise yeah yep he is um the thought was especially after that first game when he came back that he was going to be a legit like high-end rb2 the rest of the way yeah he's absolutely not that right he's like a flex play that you don't feel great about yeah he, and he, i mean he, you'd rather have him than alex collins probably but I think he's a failure. It's very clear he's getting a third of the he's getting a third of the touches. Kamara's getting the other the other two thirds. Right, and, and it seems like they're running similar plays for them, and Kamara's just far more effective. I mean, he's better. Yeah, he's younger. He's got much less tread on the tire. Sorry, much more tread on the tire, and uh, and probably is better anyway. Yeah, I mean they're different players, but also the receiving that the Kamara's so, such a better receiver. He is, and Kamara? also the Saints' offense works better with Kamara. Period. You know, because he sort of like plays the Sproles role as well as the running back. Role. Yeah. Kamara is fascinating for me to watch. The way he breaks tackles is unlike any other player breaks tackles. I, I remember a particular game in the, the Saints-Rams game where there was a toss sweep to him. He was like four yards behind the line of scrimmage, one-on-one with a linebacker who had a perfect shot at him. And the linebacker, it wasn't like Kareem, uh, not Kareem, it wasn't like uh, Kamara 
ran over him. It was just like the guy missed in a way that didn't make sense because he didn't elude him either. He just kept his legs moving. The linebacker grabbed his legs, but then somehow he just kept running. Yeah. And the linebacker was just on the ground. And I was like, how did, how did he do that? It's always cool when the, the running backs are at the top of their game and like the, the, in their prime. Guys seem to sort of bounce off them in weird ways. It's always been like that. I remember John Riggins way back in the day on Washington where he has sort of a very famous run. I think it was from the Super Bowl, actually, uh, back when they beat the Dolphins, like in 83 or something yeah. like that, where he had this just insane run where he just breaks. I don't know. It feels like he breaks 12 tackles. He probably didn't actually break 12 since there's only 11 guys on the other, the other team. But, man, it's just like – and it's like a 55-yard run that – it's like they have him at every every five yards. It feels like he's breaking another tackle. He just keeps on going and going and going. He will not go down somehow. There is a uh, a play from I think it's ten years ago, the Division Two NCAA Championship, where the running back does actually break twelve tackles. Yeah, I remember that. He I've breaks seen one that. guy's tackle twice. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Okay, so Ingram's a bit of a disappointment. Yeah. Let's he talk is. about somebody who seems to be heading towards what people were hoping, Josh Gordon. Mm. Is he heading towards WR1 territory right now? I don't think so. You don't think so? I think he's uh, probably like WR17 territory as opposed to WR1 territory. I don't mean overall one. I mean top oh, 12. Okay. okay. Yeah, I don't think he's WR1 though overall. I think, think he's, he's, I think he's like, a, a, like a lower end WR2 right now. And Brady's got to be a lot better. for Maybe Josh Gordon being better helps Brady to be better. And maybe if Gronk comes back healthy at some point, it opens everything up for everyone. We'll see. Yeah. But that hasn't happened yet. The Patriots are scoring a lot of points, but they're not doing it like the way they used to do it. It's like James White. Exactly. Brady's throwing the ball to James White, and they're running the ball also. Like when Sonny Michelle was healthy, which he's going to be again, he's coming back uh, for this week 10. Uh, They're getting a lot of points on the ground, and it's working. They're scoring a kajillion points. They just beat the Packers by two touchdowns. They scored, what was it, 34-17. Something like that. Yeah, right? something like that. 31 17, two touchdowns. Um, and they've been scoring in the 30s for the last like six or seven games now. It's certainly in this winning streak. I think I think every game but one has been in the 30s at least. Uh, but it's not because Brady's putting up Nintendo numbers anymore. No. But it feels like Gordon's been making progress every week. Yes. And he is making the catches that you want him to make, the acrobatic catches that like is not a normal thing for a receiver to do. And you're like, oh yeah, he is special. I forgot. Right. You know. So there, there's a lot of hope there from a fantasy perspective and from a Patriots perspective, I think. I think so. I mean, in the best case scenario, by the end of the season, he's a WR1, Brady's, Gronk is healthy, and, Br- and now the Patriots are fearsome. Yeah. You know, and everyone's, and everyone, we're like, oh yeah, the Patriots are easily the best team in the AFC at least. Right. You know, instead of like, it's close between them and the Chiefs. Right. Um, so yeah, but that, we're not there yet. He made and, some pretty impressive catches on Sunday night. Here's the thing about Josh Gordon. He was late twice. Uh, recently. Yeah. And I don't know how long they're going to put up with that stuff. You know, like he's gonna have to be real good for them not I mean, to like, it's already clear. They have nobody with his talent level. I understand that. You know, like in the super bowl, they benched Julian Edelman for the first quarter because of a press conference he gave where he just made slight fun of Rex Ryan's, um, wife being a foot fetish, uh, person. Like, foot- <laughs> Like where he just made, he just kept saying things um, like puns about feet when, and all his answers. They benched him for the entire first quarter of the Super Bowl. That sounds awesome. That. I didn't see that. I yeah. Wanna, I want to see that. Oh, you can find it. It's not as good as it sounds oh, really. But, that's too bad. Um, you know, but he'd say like, well, if the shoe fits, you know, that's what he has answered. Stuff like that. He just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. Uh, so, I mean, they like have their way and Josh Gordon comes in with, they're already like worried about him. So he keeps being late. I don't know if it's going to matter. They may just some, they feel like there's no one, there's no player except maybe Brady who's bigger than what they're doing. And they're willing to like, Belichick's always been willing to say, 
fuck you. Like yeah. Malcolm Butler, you're not playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Which he did not. He just didn't play him. And that was weird, right? That yeah. seemed very surprising. He was a very good player all season, but they just didn't play him for their reasons. And they, they feel like they've got a bigger thing they're doing than any even one season. And they can get away with it because they always win. So they can get away with anything. You know, they can afford to bench a guy and lose the Super Bowl and it, no one's going to say boo. Right. That said, I know yeah. from experience, if you drafted Josh Gordon, you're pretty happy right now in fantasy. Right now, you're as happy as yeah. you could be about it. It's true. It's true. By the way, Pats gave up a fifth, got back Josh Gordon in a seventh. Yeah. Cowboys gave up a one. For Amari Cooper. Who would you rather have right now? Josh Gordon. Of course. He's like clearly better, right? So much better. <laughs> yeah. So older. Got some issues that may, you know, keep him out, but come on. I mean, he's three years older. Cooper's 24. Is he only three years older? Cooper's 24. Only Gordon's only 27. God, that's amazing. Feels like he's been in the league, or not, been in the league, but not playing for so long. I mean, his monster year, he was 22. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I'd rather have Josh Gordon for sure. Yeah, me too. All right, does that conclude fantasy check I believe it does. Okay. I think we finally made it to the end of fantasy check-in. Cool. Are we doing best bets now? Let's do it. All right. Best... Bets. I have one best bet. We need to make a drop for all of these things. It's the best bets. The very best bets. <laughs> Everybody put on your betting hats. Best bets. How about this one? Who's the best bet? You're too much with that. Today. Come on. That's good. But that fits. That fits. Really did you well. like my falsetto? I did. Thank you. Thank um, you. I've been working on it. I got a best bet for you. I want to hear a best bet. The Los Angeles. Sorry. Not the Los Angeles. The New Orleans Saints. They traveled were never to even Cincinnati. from Los Angeles. How'd well, they played the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. Um, the Saints traveled to Cincinnati. They are four and a half point favorites. In Cincinnati. I like Cincinnati plus four and a half. Because it feels bad. Well, it's not just because it feels bad, actually. It's also because they won a very showy game. Yeah. A very, very showy game, which... So it isn't so much even a bad belly thing as much as just like, how could the public not be all over the Saints right now? Yeah, that's true. Like... That is they like where's like you like you said you went from not considering them possible to be the number one team to like okay maybe they're the best team yeah. in the league just like that in this one game I don't see how how the number can't I be guess, inflated but Cincinnati got crushed by the Chiefs like they looked like they were okay and mm-hmm. then they just got fucking crushed yeah I don't believe in Cincinnati at all I mean at all no not at all not after that Chiefs game I watched it. That's cool. Is this a primetime game? The Bengals? Cincinnati's five and three. You know this. I know. They were five and two, or maybe they were four and two. And then the game against the Chiefs happened. Okay. And it was disgusting. I mean, they had a bad game. They wanted to vomit all over (laughs) my bib. They had a bad game for sure, but they're getting four and a half at home against a team that just won it in a very showy way. That's fair. That's fair. I just don't know. I just really don't believe in the Red Rocket. I'm saying they're five and three. Like, they got blown out fine, but. They're five and three anyway. They're actually not bad. They're a pretty good team. They could win the division. They're yeah. a half a game out of the division lead. I'm not convinced on that bet. I have not been. Okay. I just really don't believe in Cincinnati. That's why. See, that's another reason. All right. Yeah, I know. I mean, that, that isn't it isn't. It's fine to not believe in Cincinnati. I mean, also, like, this not believing the Red Rocket thing is a little weird, right? I mean, he's been around for like six years. You know, we know who he is. Yeah. Like, not going to be surprised. AJ Green isn't playing. That's true. That it's makes a, it an extra bad belly. It, that now feels like a bad belly, but I forgot about AJ Green not playing. That makes it... Wow, now I want to bet him even more. Like, yeah. how could they ever be only four and a half point dogs? That yeah, seems crazy. That does seem a little crazy. So now I really want to bet him. I guess that's reasonable. What, what do you got? All right, I have a bad belly. Um, I have a couple bad bellies. Okay. The New York Jets are at home against the Buffalo Bills, 
and somehow they are getting seven and a half points. How can they be that big of a favorite? That seems wrong. Wait, wait, wait. The Bills are getting seven and a half points? No, the Jets are. Neither team should be that much of a favorite. The no, Jets- no. The Jets are favored by eight. The Jets are favored in this yeah. game. Oh, okay. They're, sorry. They're minus seven and a half. Okay. I'm sorry. I said that incorrectly. Yeah. The Jets- that, that was crazy what you said. Yeah. yeah. I want to bet on the Jets minus seven and a half because I feel like they, that feels like a really bad belly to me. Like they should not be a more than a touchdown favorite against anybody. They're terrible. <laughs> I mean, they're, you say they're terrible. The Jets have been outscored all season. They played nine games by 15 points. The Bills, through nine games, have been outscored by 145 points. Okay. Well, that changes my opinion. I mean, it feels really different, right? Yeah. Um, the Miami, who's five and four, they played basically to a standstill last weekend, right? Like, it was an, the ugliest game. I actually was betting on that game in a, in a casino, a sports book, and I bet the under on every single possible prop bet you could make. So if there were 12 player prop bets. I went under on Sam Darnold, under on Brock Osweiler, under on all four or five receivers I could, under on both tight ends, under on the running backs, and 10 of the 12 won. It was fantastic. Right. Okay. So, Well, the point differential thing, I did not know. That changes it yeah, a little bit. It makes it feel really different. If the point differentials were close, I'd be down with that. But the Bills get blown out all the time. And let's not forget, Nathan Peterman is still the starting quarterback of this team. So yeah. it's way worse. It's so bad. It makes me want to bet on the the Jets, but not for a bad belly reason, but that's just now it should be fact. That should be baked into the line. The fact yeah. that Peterman's there, but it's Peterman. Oh God, he's the worst. He's, I mean, he should not be in the league, right? He's not a backup quarterback. He's not a third string quarterback. There's gotta be better guys you can have to develop. Like Mullins came in and was reasonable. Yeah. Like this kid is the worst. Yeah. I mean, he was a second round pick or something, All right, right? Maybe that's not a good bet if with the point differential. Okay. But it felt like, how can the Jets ever be getting more than a touchdown? Yeah, the answer is yeah. Peterman and point differential. Yeah, I guess so. All right, you got more? No. Okay. Who's your second one? I have two options. Um, so we probably won't do that one. The Packers are minus 10 hosting the Dolphins. I want to bet on the Packers in that game. At because? I feel like the public money is going to be on the Dolphins. The Packers just lost by two touchdowns. And... Hmm. The Dolphins have been in most of the games they've played. Yeah. Um, 10 is a big number. It is. It's I a feel big like number. the majority of public money will be on the Dolphins plus 10. I'd really love that number to be nine and a half. I'd feel so much better about it if it was nine and a half. Um, yeah. yeah. Green Bay's three, four, and one. They've been outscored by 12 points this season. The Dolphins are five and four. They've been outscored by 38 points this season. Sort of a mirage of a yeah. five and four. They do get to play the Jets and the Bills. You know, that makes right. it easier. Um, I don't hate that one. I don't actually hate the, the Jets one either, honestly, but just not for bad belly reasons. Right. Uh, I don't know. I'm not super excited about any, th- any of these three bets, really. None of them really do it for me. Like last week, the Saints bet was awesome. Like, yeah. There was no question about that was a great bet to me. Um, but all three of these are like, well, I mean, sure, I guess, you know. So if I had to pick... I don't know. I feel like they're all pretty close for me. I got another one. Okay. One final option. The Cardinals are going to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. 16 and and a half, uh, right? The Cardinals are getting 16 and a half points. Yeah. I would like to bet on the Cardinals. That's that's certainly the side you would bet. Yeah. You want the money line or you want... I would love the money line. Is that what you're about to say? Because I sort of cut you off there. If you're willing to do the money line, I'd like to do the money line. Do you know what the money line is? No, they didn't list it on Pinnacle. There is no money line. Yeah. They don't want to post a money line. Yeah. 
So I guess we can't bet the money I mean, line. Who's the quarterback these days for Arizona? Sam Darnold. Not Sam no. Darnold. Josh Rosen. Isn't he hurt or is he playing? He's hurt. I didn't think he's hurt. I don't know. I didn't watch that game last week. Now we need to know. Let's see if he played last week. Arizona. Arizona, you're so bad. Why are you so, so bad? Did they not play last week? They didn't play last week. They were on bye. Josh Rosen is fine. Okay. Not that he's good, but he's fine. <laughs> Josh Rosen. Well, he's he's a rookie. He's, you know, he's no good. He's a rookie. What do you want? Yeah. Um, he's 6.3 yards per attempt, five touchdowns, six interceptions, 179 yards per game passing. But uh, just no, saying, this might be just dumb public reasons mm. that I'm, I'm wanting to bet the Cardinals plus 16 and a half. They have fired their offensive coordinator and replaced him with Byron Leftwich. I like that. It can only be an improvement yeah. over what they were doing. And they won their first game after yeah. they did that. Now they scored 18 points against San Francisco, who's, right. you know, dying yeah. themselves. But still, they did. No, I think, I mean, it can only help. Yeah. Like, it can't get any worse. So that's possible that that would matter. Yeah. I don't know if that's overly public stuff. Like, I don't know. A lot of okay. people are thinking about the offensive coordinator change being a big deal. All right, so... Any I of don't these... like the money line. Okay. I mean, I think they're going to lose almost always. All right, so what about at plus 16 and a half? I'm more down with plus 16 and a half for sure. I mean, I feel like they could get blown out by a whole lot more than that, of course. They but could. that's that's why the number's so big, right? right? Because some percentage of the time, it's just like 35 points. Yeah. It's 48 to 13 and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. The Chiefs always cover. You know that, right? I think they've literally covered every game except the Patriots game this season. Well, then it's perfectly anti-public. Oh, God, that's a good point. Uh, 16 half points is a lot of points. We got to pick one, at yeah. least. Which one is your favorite of the four? It's probably that one. All right, what the hell? I don't care. My second favorite, I, I guess, is probably yours because of yeah. the bad belly AJ Green thing. Yeah. I'll let you pick between those two. Um... 16 and a half, but against the, the most incredible offense in the league. And I think the best point differential in the league, right? Kansas City's, oh, they're outscoring by 101 points. Let's see. Yeah, that's the best point differential in the league. Just saying. Although they're only averaging winning by like 10 or 11. Of course, this is the, this is the Cardinals. The Cardinals. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Cardinals plus 16 and a half. What the hell? I don't know, man. I don't know anymore. Book it and look it. Yeah, that's Whatever what we're going to do. That means. We're going to book it, and then we're going to look it. All right, so that's our bet. That's our best bet. It yeah. doesn't sound like a great bet. We're not sure about it at all. We're making it, though. Yeah. We're, we're going to book that bet because that's what we do. Okay, time to do a little survivor pool, and then we'll be done. Okay. And then NBA tomorrow. Okay. Those of you who are still alive in Survivor or just are curious. Congratulations if you're still alive. Nice job. You really must be getting down to it. You have to be getting down to it. Okay, here's the deal with Survivor this week. If you if you you have to look and see who has Kansas City because Kansas City is the big favorite there as we know sixteen and a half they are the clear team you could take they're not going to be favored by anything close to this much again until the last week of the season it's very unlikely your survivor pool will make it that long so it's not a terrible time to fire Kansas City if the rest of your league hasn't fired them already right I mean if you have four players left in your league and Kansas City and you're the only one with Kansas City it's like whoa go I win. Yeah. Well, you win this week anyway, yeah. right? Yeah, you definitely, definitely do it. But if there's four players left and none of you have, have done Kansas City, this is a good actually week not to do it. Yeah, try to hold off. Because there's a lot of other good teams to pick and a lot of other good spots this week specifically. You got the Rams hosting Seattle, they're 10 point favorites. The Chargers go on the road, but they go on the road to Oakland. They're not really going anywhere at all. 
Very, very, not very far north, just a few hours and north. It's fucking Oakland. And it's Oakland who the crowd hates them now. They're going to Las Vegas anyway. Actually, everyone hates the Chargers too. The Chargers are 10 point favorites, even though they're on the road. Oakland's tanking. It's a great spot. Also, the Packers are hosting Miami. They're 10 point favorites. Those are all really good spots. The Packers and the Chargers, the Chargers especially, do not have great rest of season schedules. The Rams and the Chiefs do, if you have to pick. And you might still have the Chargers. That's like the most likely team yeah, out of these teams that I you agree. still have. It's a great time to fire the Chargers. The other, the only other time you'd really consider um, going with the Chargers is in week 12. So two weeks from now, they're going to be hosting Arizona and going to be about 10-point favorites there too. So that's a nice, that'd be a really nice one to have. And actually, they're going to be, Philadelphia is going to be about the same level favorite, and those are going to be the two best bets of the week. Actually, Baltimore is going to be hosting Oakland. They'll probably be 10-point favorites. Yeah. So there'll be those three. Baltimore will be a good one to fire, but everyone else will probably be doing that too. But so you, if you can save them, cool. But like, if you think everyone's going to go Kansas City and you don't have the Rams and Green Bay, the Chargers are an amazing pick right now. This amazing. Is, this is a time where you really need to be paying attention to what teams p- other players have left because there's not likely to be that many players, no matter the size of your fantasy pool. I mean, if there's 15 or less, you have to be looking at this yeah. stuff. And there's probably like seven people in most in most leagues at this point. Right. It's been so bloody. Even really, really big survivor pools, like hundreds and hundreds of people, there's got to be like seven or eight people left. Right. Maybe less. So you have to know who they have. You have to game theory this stuff out if you want to win. Yeah. It makes it so much easier to win. If I you mean, know, you could luck your way into winning. Of course, but you should be able to predict what they're all going to do based on what they've already done. You should be able to see it and know what they're doing, how they think, what their philosophy is, and use that against them. It's great. Yeah. You have perfect information on every selection they've made for the last nine weeks. Yeah, you so should you, be able to know what they're going to do. You basically have a homework assignment if you're still in a survivor pool. When I won my survivor pool however many years ago, like six years ago now, or whatever nah, it was. five. Whatever it was. Um, and that was a 2,000-person survivor pool, and we were down to 11 people. Uh, and th- we actually, it was like three weeks before we finished from the point when we got down to 11, I actually wrote down who I thought everyone was going to take to see how well I did at my prediction. And I got like, I was like 90% or something wow. like that, which it does, it's not as impressive as it sounds. I just was willing to do the work to the research to see what they were doing. And it's like, Oh, this is what this guy, this is this guy's philosophy. He's doing this. You know, he's never taking the number one team. He's always taking the number two team or he's always taking the number one team. But sometimes there's two number one teams and he got lucky that, you know, when there was the big upset, he was taking the other one. You yeah. Know? So that, I mean, I can predict what they're going to do and you can do that too. Okay. Well, you should do that. Absolutely. Goodbye. Goodbye. See you tomorrow for NBA.